Hello and welcome to episode 170 of the Tech Reformation, where the world of technology meets the worldview of Christianity. It's Craig, Tank, and myself today. Let's get started. Is it your wife's bad iMac? No, no, that's actually been... uh... You should ask that question with a little more context, like, how's your wife's bad iMac doing? How's your wife's bad iMac that we talked about two (laughs) weeks ago? Yeah, way, way to sound smooth there, guy. Um, it is, uh, it's, it seems to be doing well. I had left both partitions existing side by side since the one, uh, since her original drive that I cloned is internal. I couldn't physically remove it, which is what I would normally do in this situation. So Mm. I just unmounted it Mm. and she was getting Mm. crashes, uh, when she used file explorer, uh, which I wasn't sure why that was the case, but I thought maybe it was related to the fact that it was trying to address something that wasn't mounted and but did exist. So I formatted that drive because uh, she had already made changes to her files and it was going to just need to be uh, recloned back over anyway. Formatted that mm-hmm. drive and now it seems to be stable. Uh, nice. And it does run a lot faster. So mm. that's good. The moral of this story is if you're going to run anything, anything at all from Adobe, even probably their PDF reader, get 16 <laughs> gigs of RAM. <laughs> nice. Or, or yeah. more than eight. <laughs> I'm going to do a test now. I'm launching Photoshop on my old iMac, which is very similar specs to your wife's. So I've clicked the button when I said I'm launching Photoshop. This is a real-time mm, software mm, this is speed exciting. test on a podcast. I don't know if this has ever been done before. I'm sure it probably has. Probably. But not with this exact iMac and this exact piece of software. I'm launching Photoshop. with an Australian accent. What? Yeah, with an Australian <laughs> accent. G'day, mate. Uh, for those playing along at home, this is CS4 on a 2011 Oh, this model is so, such an irrelevant comparison. I'm sorry. So, what, what are you running? Like Mac OS Tiger? No, I'm on Sierra. I'm on as far as I can go. I can't. I can't go up to okay. Mojave because the Wait, CPU. Sierra or High allowed. Sierra? Uh, whatever I'm allowed. I don't <laughs> I think know it's what just you're Sierra. Allowed. This is not. And I'm guessing we're still waiting. Oh no! Photoshop has loaded. Okay. Oh, okay. So that's not too bad. What was uh, that? Like Forty seconds. Yeah, about that. It takes my uh, wife. I'm running computer. I think. Oh, I can't remember. Just regular now. Sierra. Ten point twelve point six. I think it took her 45 seconds, so hmm. roughly on par, but it was that's way not- longer before we swapped. That, that's 45 with the SSD. But again, oh, this, okay. is, this is such a... I have no idea how much overhead is involved <laughs> in CS4 versus CC 2019. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, that's because they switched from buying your products outright to subscription, so well, yeah, I've, I've, I mean, never needed, I've never needed to rebuy the whole suite. I've just gone with the subscription thing but because i'm not paying for that right now i don't have it so yeah all i can load is cs4 at this point you'd be better off with affinity photo and i bet it would launch in like a tenth of the time hey cs4 was a solid build it was but i mean it it lacks a lot of the features that (laughs) affinity photo has now honestly i feel like i'd be better why am i so tired can you not yawn through the honestly (laughs) i feel like (laughs) if the hosts are yawning it does not bode well for the listeners (laughs) (laughs) honestly i feel like i would be better off with affinity photo i'm just too used to photoshop right now i need to take like a a a full saturday and just learn affinity this this feels like where joe is going to be screaming at his um 
podcasting device, wishing he was part of this conversation. But anyway. Yeah, that's true. We, we know that Joe's a fan of Affinity stuff. So this one's for you, Joe. Clink. Hello, listener. I'm here to tell you about Dwell. Dwell is an audio Bible app unlike any you've heard before. Dwell has commissioned four brand new recordings of the ESV Bible, each showcasing a unique and inspiring voice. I should say that I have given this service a try and that I do think it is worth your time to try it if it's something you think you might benefit from. The interface is well-designed and the recordings are high quality. I prefer to listen to the voice named Mark and to turn the music off, but obviously you'll want to play around with it and customize it. You can even set it up to remind you to listen... You can even set it up to remind you to listen to it at a certain time if you're trying to build a habit of regular listening. They have a seven-day free trial that you can take advantage of, and they've given Tech Reformations a pretty generous deal. If you go to dwellapp.io slash techreformation, you can get 33% off their annual subscription, which works out to just $19.99 a year. That's $1.67 a month. That's right. For about the cost of a Costco hot dog a month, you can access a world-class scripture listening experience. Again, check them out at dwellapp.io and transform the way you experience scripture. So did you guys hear that Mark Zuckerberg had some things to say? Yeah, he's always got some things to say. But do you know what's funny? I tried to use my technology to read this article. I hit the read review because I often do that so that I can do the screen reading thing. So confusing. when I when I opened up this article and hit the reader view, for some reason it still had the heading of uh, <laughs> Facebook is trying to make it private or whatever. And then the whole article was about these two women who had built an online store to I sell off shop clothing. Problem. <laughs> I was so confused. I got halfway down the article. I'm like, <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> I said to my wife, I'm like, because uh, I read it when I first woke up this morning, and I'm like. There's there's a little bit of technology in this article, but I don't know why it's meant to be interesting to me. And I'm trying to figure out why David thinks it's interesting. It was kind of interesting how they're they're leveraging the subscription model to appeal to millennials. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but I was like, we, <laughs> but, yeah, I but I was know. like, when is this gonna turn into privacy? Because they talked about they talked about how like, oh, they're like obsessed with these people and looking at their anyway, it was if if you want to know what we're talking about, I have no idea where this article actually lives. <laughs> but if you go to the show notes and you open the uh, the article, Facebook is trying to de- redefine, or Facebook is trying to make the word private meaningless. If you open that article in Safari on a Mac and open Reader View, you'll see what we're talking or about. Or in the face, or in Firefox, or yeah, anything. It doesn't matter. Oh, it's in Firefox too. Oh yeah, I just oh, did good it. To know. Um, it says that it's coming from the outline.com no that's where the actual thing is i don't i'm confused i don't know what's happening with this article anyway it's really weird and it's not got anything to do with what we're talking about today yeah this is one of those weird (laughs) sites that hijacks the dom and like makes it an infinite scroll site but clears stuff as you scroll down it's it it scrolls really slow even on an amd vega fe uh so I, i don't understand what's happening but what happens if i hit home it just takes me. Maybe it's another article about the same author. Maybe article. that's what it is. Anyway, uh, Zuckerberg was trying to make us think that uh, Facebook, it's uh, all about your privacy and you can totally <laughs> trust them. And he even made a joke. Uh, I was listening to the Tech Meme Ride Home. Uh, I don't remember what day this was, but it's a, it's a podcast that does like 15 minute 
uh, 15 minutes of tech news a day. Uh, and he, he talked about this one part where Zuckerberg said that, oh, we haven't always had the best uh, reputation uh, when it comes to privacy, to put it lightly. And he paused, like waiting, waiting for a laugh. And the room was just silent. Oh, not surprisingly, like he 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 surely would have expected that joke to bomb. I mean, just I because people are there to listen to your event doesn't mean they love the fact that you're terrible at privacy and you've had major breaches and stuff in the past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much all the commentary I've read about it is just saying like the problem was he was just tone deaf. Like privacy is a serious thing, and he just made a joke about it. Um, <laughs> and he was just trying, arguably, to make a joke about Facebook, but he just. It was just tone deaf. Anyway, uh, so this article that I found asserts that the privacy that Facebook is promising is essentially meaningless. Uh, so they talk in here about how Facebook, uh, they own WhatsApp, and WhatsApp messages are end-to-end encrypted, which basically means that only the two people or the five people, however many people are in the group chat, uh, but say it's, say it's I'm, I'm WhatsApping my mom, uh, only she and I can read that because of the way that the encryption works. Facebook does not have a window into those conversations. Uh, but this article points out that uh, Facebook does know that you are talking, that, you know, does know that I am talking to my mom. It actually uses not my mom, but uh, somebody's mom as an example. Um, it says it, it says that Facebook does know that you're chatting with your, with your mother based on things like metadata and the fact that it has both your phone numbers and other information on your profiles. And it also knows that while you're having this conversation, you're pulling up the web page on WebMD for thyroid cancer. Uh, and so they, they know what you're doing. Like they, they, they can take a guess um, and use that information and sell it to advertisers um, who, interestingly enough, also don't have that information about you as a person. Like it's not like... like I, I've been on the other end of this where, where you are the advertiser uh, with one of the one of the companies that I work for, and it's not like I can say, "Show me David McCookie and show me whether or not his mother has thyroid cancer." <laughs> By the way, she doesn't. Oh, that's good. That's to good to know. So, 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 in a sense, in a sense, right? It's all private. Like the data is out there, and Facebook is able to have the data in a relatively anonymous way. They don't have the data of what we were talking about, but their guesses they have stored on their servers. And advertisers can come and say, hey, I want to advertise, and they don't get this specific, but I want to advertise against people or advertise to people whose mothers have cancer. And you will fit that list if you know you fit the, the correct behavior patterns. So I guess the first question is, is this private enough? What do you guys think? I think the technology is really impressive. <laughs> Just that they can they can pinpoint those kind of people. But as to the question, I'll have to think for a second. Can you just run the question past me again, David? I was reading something when you said it. I guess this idea that Facebook can Facebook's servers can know mm-hmm. about you that you, but not know what you're that your mother has cancer based on your behavioral patterns, but mm-hmm. they don't they they don't give that information to anybody. It's not like uh, WebMD 
can know that. But WebMD can say we want to advertise to people who's, who have family members with thyroid cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you will come up on that list. But it's not like at any yeah. point there's a human who knows David McClickey's mother has thyroid cancer. Is that private enough? Mm-hmm. Is that what we're after? Could people at Facebook, if someone was, if Mark Zuckerberg decided he was going to sneak into the office one night and find out if my mother had thyroid cancer, could he go in and and run a query on me and and find out? Do you think? Uh, for like, me to speak to that isn't super helpful because I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine that at Facebook they have procedures and security around these sorts of things Mm -hmm. uh, because otherwise it would be completely bonkers but also with the recent password (laughs) leak like the fact that they were storing our passwords as plain text for who knows how many years uh, in the (laughs) early days of Facebook and any employee could just go look and say oh what's David McCookie's password I don't know where they're at with with the (laughs) advertising data like I I don't know how secure that stuff is Mm-hmm. Um, but argue- so it's probably locked down. But if somebody knew the security codes, then they would probably be able to. And they knew how to run queries. They could probably. I mean, the data's there. If someone could get in there, they could. And it's more smart. They could get it. Right. And the whole thing's built on PHP. So probably it's already hacked. <laughs> so PHP stand for? Probably. <laughs> probably hacked. hacked. Probably. probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's our episode title. Um, so Tank, it sounds like you're kind of saying that like, just the fact that the data exists out there is kind of disquieting. Like maybe they have security procedures, but like you don't want people to be able to know everything about you that can be gleaned from just, you know, the, the, your, your interactions on Facebook and other websites and the data does live. It it does exist out there. But, but Hmm. isn't, I mean, I guess if I was honest, I would say, well, scratch that i'm i try to always be honest in this, on this show so uh i i guess i <laughs> i Greg think the liar. that no i just wake up early and then can't articulate very well <laughs> i think that um i would prefer that it isn't the way that it is so i'd prefer even more privacy where facebook literally only knows the thing about things about me that I actively give it. So if I give it my birthday when I sign up and I give it a password and a username and an email address or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and I give it my location and my who I work for or whatever, whatever data I choose to give Facebook as my um, sort of subscription data, the data that creates a profile for me, um, that's fine. And then whatever I put onto my newsfeed is obviously completely public fair game because that's how Facebook works. But I th- I kind of feel like it would be nice if things like the private messages and the sort of group stuff and anything that was kind of uh, WhatsApp messages, anything that's kind of people use it f- because it's private was actually private. And so they couldn't tell based on the circumstances of that conversation what that conversation was probably about because that's not really private. Having said that, though, I think to me, like I guess just my first impression of this topic was that um, it feels like this is the way that internet advertising has come to work. Like people, if, even if people don't know everything about you, they know enough about you that they can advertise to you. And so it, it's, I guess it wasn't surprising to me and I wasn't like, oh, Shakara, how could, how, could, how could it be possible that Facebook could know without actually being able to read the message? 
potentially what the message was about. I guess what I'm saying is, should we be, um, I think David, your original question was something like, is this enough? Mm -hmm. Like, is this good enough? Is this enough level of privacy? Um, and I'm sort of thinking, well, in a perfect world, no, in a perfect world, private would always mean private and it would mean private to the point where only the, the two people in the conversation have any idea what was said. Um, but I think, I think in a in a on a platform where advertising is such a big deal to them, like they don't charge us to use it, so advertising is their gig. Like that's where they get dollars from. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think if there has to come a point where we go, you know, if we're willing to use the platform, we're willing to concede some of our privacy um, for the purpose of advertising, which is really what that that would be used for. I guess um, I can't think of really many other uses for it at this point because it's all circumstantial. So you could be you could be talking to your mother about thyroid and and then you Google something about thyroid cancer. Just by the way, WebMD is a terrible idea because you go from stomach ache to stomach cancer in like 10 seconds. Oh, yeah. But um, that's a feature, you know, isn't it's, it? <laughs> if, you, if you could go the other way, I'm sure it would be a feature. If um, I, I think, you know, the you, you could be talking to your mother about, something completely different and she might mention that your second cousin twice removed has a friend who has thyroid cancer and then you're like oh i've never really heard of thyroid cancer before what is that what are the symptoms of that what is that you know what i mean oh, so yeah. you may you may not be looking for treatment for that in your local area you may not actually have any close connection to that it might just be something that you googled um because you're you've got add and you weren't listening to your mother at all like you know it's <laughs> it, it's um it's what i would consider like it's almost like circumstantial evidence it's it's um information that they can try and then use for advertising but because they don't know exactly what was said there still is a some kind of veil some kind of privacy to what the actual conversation details were you're you're and so it's like you're better than nothing is what i'm saying you're right on one level but i think the this this example is certainly simplistic because what would realistically happen is you know if if my mom had thyroid cancer she would be telling probably a dozen people within mm-hmm. within the course of 24 hours probably more than that on facebook on whatsapp or or i mean right. she would use yeah. iMessages but this is this is an like my wife's family uses uses whatsapp uh sometimes uh so so that would be happening and then facebook would see that all of these people had a conversation with my mother and then proceeded to google thyroid cancer or google get well cards or google you know whatever yeah, sure. whatever yeah. and and from that like using machine learning and and uh, what Ben Robin, if he were here, would call uh, artificial intelligence, uh, they are able to determine that, oh, this, the, you know, these people all fit into this bucket. And again, sure. uh, the, the other side of this that's, that's frustrating is... That, that just means circumstantial evidence builds to make less circumstantial evidence, which isn't a, which isn't a bad... Like, I, guess, I guess I would still... What I'm saying is it's still not surprising. That, that's how I assume right. this stuff works. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm to a degree, I'm okay with it because, like I said, that's how I know Facebook runs their bit. Like that's how they right. operate. They they need to have that information for advertising purposes. Yeah, and I mean, I I think what's what's weirder about it, like I mean, it used to be that if you were watching, I don't know, Star Trek TNG on mm-hmm. on uh, Star Trek what TNG the end game. <laughs> what does that mean? The next generation. The Next Generation. I don't, I've never watched Star Trek in my life. Sorry. Why are you even on this show? <laughs> Just kidding. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. So you're watching Star Trek TNG. Tank, are you a Star Trek fan? Uh, I liked the two episodes I've seen. See? Two episodes. <laughs> Is 
Is that more than I mean, you? I've watched bits and pieces here and there. Ah, Come on. Bummer. But I've never actually like, <laughs> sat down and be like, I'm going to watch a season of Star Trek. Because I have that much spare time on my hands. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So you're watching Star Trek TNG. Just going to move on. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't dwell on this. I'll just get sad or angry. <laughs> anyway. So you're watching Star Trek TNG. And you, you get ads for things like uh, the new Motorola Droid phone. And I realize that this is anachronistic. Or you get ads for acne removal cream uh, because, you know, the type. Um, And essentially, these companies are out there. They're doing their marketing research. They're figuring out, like, what kinds of people watch Star Trek. And but Mm. nobody knows that you're watching it. Like, nobody has any idea that you're watching Star Trek. They're just noticing trends based on, you know, the uh, is it Nelson or Nielsen family research? Uh, based on the research mm-hmm. that maybe CBS did when they decided to run Star Trek, based on based on a handful of uh, of guesses, like oh, this is sci-fi, and like everybody knows, sci-fi nerds like tech, um, mm-hmm. but evidently tech nerds don't all like sci-fi. <coughs> hey, hey, <laughs> I like Star Wars. Star Wars is space fantasy. I like Lost in Space. I like okay. Two Thousand One: A Space Odyssey. All right. I'm a massive Back to the Future fan. If you class that as sci-fi, it's probably more pop culture. But yeah, anyway, that is. anyway, <laughs> all, all of that to say, like this, this method was used before, but there was never data stored about an individual person anywhere. Sure. And I guess I bring this topic up partly because I haven't really thought about it. Like my usage of Facebook. Like the the data that I the data that I give to Facebook is data I'm totally fine with giving to Facebook. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of my interactions on Facebook are on the Reformed Pub uh, or a couple other groups that I'm a part of, and so those conversations are are hugely public, uh, you know, in front of thousands of eyes. Anyway, what do I care if Facebook knows? Uh, but this this concept of like, oh, but they do know who you're using Messenger with, and they do know a lot about your web search history uh, if you have, you know, if you're logged into Facebook with that browser. And they do, like, they do know all of these other things and they are able to cross-reference that against your your activity on the Reform Pub or, uh, or, or what have you. And that's where it starts to get, I don't know, it gets kind of frustrating because sites like this, like, if I'm being perfectly honest, most of my use of Facebook is either advertising, which rarely do I use, leverage these, these, uh, in-depth profiles. I'm just like trying to advertise uh, the lightest form of flogging <laughs> against people who like Ligonier. Uh, and by like, I mean they clicked the like button, you know? Um, <laughs> not people who... I, I mean, I don't think that it's it's running ads against people who happen to visit Ligonier. Um, and I hope that Ligonier doesn't have a tracker on their site that integrates with Facebook. Um, but anyway, like, uh, like, like the Reform Pub, if I were using the internet 15 years ago, it would just be a message board. It doesn't need to be a Facebook group. It would actually, in a lot of ways, be a better community if it weren't on Facebook. Uh, you know, now it could be a Discord a discourse, dis- whatever that uh, Discord based discourse. Dis- Discord. Discord. No? I think. Uh, discourse is a forum. Discord is a video uh, like. Discord's like the thing Marcus Pittman was talking about, like the IRC replacement, right? Yeah, Discord is a it's a yeah. gamer thing. It's it's like a gamer's version of Slack. Voice and text chat for gamers. There you go. 
Um, yeah. But I mean, and discourse is a forum. Yeah, I mean discourse. Um, or it could be a PHPBB or a, I don't know what the platforms are now. You could probably build something on Drupal too. Um, like it doesn't have to be Facebook. Um, and I, I don't know. It's frustrating for me because I don't feel like I extract unique value out of Facebook. Like if all my friends were on Twitter, then like, like really that's, that's the main, the main attraction for me is I have a lot of friends from back home who are on Facebook who aren't on any other platform. Uh, and it's kind of the only way that I interact with them. But I don't even do that that much. Most of my activity is is honestly on on groups like the Reform Pub. And again, those could be message boards. Um, and so when I think about like the necessary evils of like, oh, Facebook knows when my mom gets thyroid cancer because of my behavior. Um, and that data goes somewhere and probably nothing bad's going to happen. Probably it's totally fine. Probably it's on the up and up. But I don't have a window into that. It's not like It's not like Facebook immediately tells people when they've had a major leak. <laughs> anyway, Tank, you've been you've been quiet. What are you pondering? Hmm. Um I just think this I think this ties in with what we talked about last week with um with like the browser that blocks ads and trackers. Um and we we're talking about um is there a better way to do things? Um, and to some degree, like how do we feel about those browsers? And so I mean, one solution is to start using something that blocks the, the trackers from attaching to you. Mm-hmm. And so that's a way to kind of get both to use Facebook and to not have them know everything. They still know your metadata, metadata, if metadata, meta, metadata, <laughs> metadata, what uh, is my name? If you're using the their, not, you guys won't get that reference. <laughs> if you're using their stuff, because and I mean to agree to a degree, it makes sense that they would store that because otherwise, like you send a message to your mom and then they don't store that you sent a message to your mom and she can't get that message for the time <laughs> and all that. <laughs> right. I mean, some some of these um, features, it's like if you talk enough with your mom, they know that you talk with your mom all the time. But it's nice for you because her name gets floated up to the top of your friends list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they can also yeah, guess that about guess... you by the fact that uh, you watch star trek <clears throat> this guy's probably a mama's boy <laughs> <laughs> what about um does here's a here's a sort of thing to throw in the mix does because we're sort of focusing completely on facebook which is fine that's where the article stemmed from and that's whatever we were sort of talking about what zuckerberg was saying at the conference at the keynote but uh i, I was just sort of doing a search because I was thinking about Google and how Google operates with this kind of thing. And it was mid 2017 that uh, the New York times ran an article saying that uh, Google will no longer scan Gmail (laughs) uh, content for ad targeting. So I I guess like, you know, I, 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 if you compare those two, uh, I would, I would prefer the sort of um, piecing together of information around a conversation without actually knowing exactly what happened in the conversation um, rather than actually scanning my emails to work out how to advertise to me or at least scanning subject lines and things like that. Right. That, that to me feels creepier than, than what Facebook's doing. Um, well, and Google tracks which you is a little bit more. External. I mean, half the sites that we go to, we at least enter through Google. Oh yeah. Like even exactly. sites that you know the URL for, you still end up going there through Google half the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, I am. 
So this is a whole of internet problem, not just a Facebook problem, is I guess what you're trying to say. No, you're right. I mean, I'm on the brink of switching over to DuckDuckGo. And what I want to do is at the so same... What now? DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo. Is that like a game that kids play in the schoolyard? Exactly. <laughs> Only it's a search engine and not a game and not played in the schoolyard. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a it's a it's a privacy conscious uh, uh, browser uh. that doesn't it doesn't remember your search history. Uh, I think it can remember oh. like your last five things if you tell it to or something. But anyway, I've been thinking. That's fantastic. Uh, Why is this not known by? Because it's not as good as Google. Right. Okay. Um, but it's been getting better over the years. I tried it a while back and it didn't stick. But what I want to do is switch to Fastmail and DuckDuckGo and then only use Google for like uh, my work emails on Google and, you know, uh, uh, Google when I can't find something on DuckDuckGo. So Google has like, you know, maybe 10% of my search history. I'd like to do that. But the hassle of switching all my browsers and also telling everybody, hey, I have a new email address, like it's 2004. Because I, I don't know about you guys. I never get those emails anymore. <laughs> and if I do, I just ignore them. Like, you're changing email addresses? Like, you're what changing is your email address? You're not worth being a friend who I actually communicate with anymore. <laughs> well, typically, it's already the case. Like, if the only point of contact I have for you is your email address, like, I don't know. Actually, no, somebody just did that. <laughs> but he doesn't have a cell phone or, well, anyway, or a face, any, any social media. Um, Anyway, what do you guys think wow. the value of privacy is? Like, what is the value of not having companies know this stuff about you? Because that's the thing I keep coming back to is like, why do I care? I feel like I should. It seems like the libertarian thing to do. Um, <laughs> but, but it's been hard for me to articulate why that's important. Um, I don't know. I, I'm probably not the best person to answer this question. So maybe I should let Tank answer first. Tank, what's the value of privacy? Why should what's we care? The, I think you mean you? privacy. <laughs> privacy? No, I'm not British. <laughs> I say vitamins, not vitamins. Do they say vitamins? No. Yeah, they say vitamins, I'm pretty sure. No. Yeah. That can't be right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, at the at the moment, um, it doesn't seem too important. Um, but we never know where things are going in the future. Is my thought. Um, so right now, everything they store and have on us, uh, I doubt they would use um, in any negative way. Um, yeah, other than using it for advertisers, and perhaps they are, and that just shows what I don't know. Um, but we don't know where where the government will go. We don't know where these companies will go. And if at some point in the future um, things turn bad for any group of people, um, and we can't know if it's us or some like, yeah, if it's the group that I belong to all the multiple groups that I belong to. Um, or if it will be somebody else that um, is part of a group that I'm not, but the somebody starts using all this data to attack that group. Um, hmm. You know, then we as a, as a, as Facebook users, as internet users, um, if we had stopped that now, as far as 
worked towards a way of keeping people from having all that data, then they wouldn't have had that data to um, attack whoever in the future. And of course, this is a few, an unknown future. We don't know if that will ever come to pass. But I guess seeing that um, people could be targeted by what they've done on the internet. Um, and I feel like this, it's not so far-fetched reality because I, I think this is being done in China. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one, they've got the social credit rating where they're looking at everybody just whom they associate, associate with in public. Um, but... I mean, China definitely has, you know, missionaries use uh, fake text, which I've always wondered how well it works, but they don't say, um, they don't say like God very clearly in their emails because they know that people can find it or like phones are tapped and you don't want to say things over the phone because people are listening. Um, And so that's not a reality as as far as we know, to what degree, I don't know, uh, in America, but we never know when it could be, mm. and we never know when when could Facebook either willingly or be forced to give up all this data they have on people, and then whoever gets it can look up individuals and do something with that data. That's my thought. Mm. Although I'm normally not pessimistic, and so I'm more of an optimist, <laughs> and so I tend to think, yeah, but that'll never happen. <laughs> I think the reason why I said I'm not the best person to answer this is because we've talked about privacy and online privacy in particular a number of times before. Um, And I think people have usually disagreed with my position on that, which is fine. Um, But I guess to me, a a big value of a big sort of um, component of the perceived value of privacy, particularly in the online space, depends on how you approach the online space. So Tank just mentioned people tapping your phone calls and knowing who you know and and sort of using that information against you or prosecuting you, persecuting you for it. Um, sort of the thing, the stuff we're seeing in China, like I think when we talked about the social, the China's um, social credit ranking system or whatever, we mm-hmm. all were sort of on the same level disturbed by that and how, how that is using data that to us seemed like not stuff that everyone should know. It should be on a needs-to-know basis. So your bank needs to know your credit rating, for example, but everyone in the world doesn't need to be able to see what what your credit rating is or, you know, that kind of thing. So there's, you know, that that seemed to all of us to be like several steps too far in terms of invading what we all consider, I guess, like a base level of privacy that everyone's entitled to. Um, and I think that's, that's still the case. Like we, I, I think that's still a long way. It seems to be still quite away from what Facebook is doing in terms of what they're using the data for. And Tank is right when he says we don't know what else they'll be made to use the data for in terms of um, governments and law enforcement, you know, requiring access to that data. And I guess when that starts to happen more commonly, that will be another another issue. Um, but I guess if you approach the internet thinking that you are in some kind of bubble. And you can only you the things that you're looking at are only things that you're looking at at that point in time, and no one's able to see into the bubble. You you're just sort of exploring this big vast space from within your little bubble. Then that's then I think you'll have like an elevated view of the importance of online privacy. Um, but if you if you if you go out into the internet world thinking it's like you're walking out into a huge big city, 
uh, and people can see you as you walk around and people can, you know, if I go through the, the center of Adelaide where I live in, in the town that I live in, uh, the city I live in, people are going to see which shops I'm walking into. Uh, they might even see me walking out with a purchase, you know what I mean? So um, if you see the internet as a very, very public space, then it's not that you're not at all concerned about privacy, but I think to me, I kind of go, well, I have to be willing to relinquish a degree of privacy in order to use this space. And part of, that, part of that relinquishing of privacy is going to result in me receiving ads that are hopefully at least somewhat targeted to what I want to see. So if I have been talking about thyroid cancer with my family members and I start getting ads about, you know, thyroid cancer treatments or whatever, I'd probably rather that than an ad for the Spice Girls World Tour. You know, like it, it just, it, wait, I guess back there together? are things where I kind of, what's that? I said, wait, they're back together? I think they were trying to or they are or they are except for one of them or something. I, I don't, haven't actually been following it. It's just something I heard at some stage. Um, and maybe it's not happening in whatever. It doesn't matter. The point is <laughs> that that was a rabbit trail I was not meant to pick up on, but I, I went there anyway. Um, this is, yeah, okay. Let, let's not turn this well, into flogging where we <laughs> we get sidetracked by little never. things. Uh, no, never. That would never happen on this show. Uh, but you know what I mean. Like, uh, hopefully you know what I'm saying. I think it depends on what your mindset is as to how the internet works. And if you approach it as, um, well, I try, I guess what I'm saying is personally, I try to approach it in that way, knowing that some of my privacy will be um, maybe lesser than I would have previously thought in years gone by before things like Facebook were so ubiquitous as they are now. Um, but now that they are, and now that Google operates the way it does and you can sign into Chrome and, you know, have all your, all your stuff sort of all in one place. But from that, they can obviously track a heck of a lot more about you and all that kind of thing. It just feels like you just got to be, you got to be wise to how you're approaching it and how you're using it. And if you know that you're using it, you know, if you really want to go down the duck, duck, go road, then do that, you know, or if you want to use incognito windows every single time you open a browser and, and try and, you know, avoid as much advertising and um, people seeing what you're doing as you can that way. If you, you know, there are things you can do to try and approach it differently. But I guess what I'm saying is there's a base level of privacy that I kind of go, if it goes beyond this point to what China's currently got, then I would see I'd be more concerned. But at the moment, it just kind of feels like that's how it works. So if I'm going to use it, I've got to be okay with that to a degree. And so one one difference in the picture that I would see is, you know, it's a difference between walking down a city where only the shops you're going into are allowed to have cameras on you and then Facebook and Google having a drone with a camera on it just following every person around <laughs> never matter where they go. Or or just the internet is you're walking a set around inside a giant shopping mall owned by Facebook and Google so they can see and track everything. Yeah, but Facebook I, I mean that sounds the, super creepy because the you're, difference you're a... I see in the city metaphor that it makes sense yeah. that the places you go probably can put not a cameras metaphor, on you, but, but we but should maybe different- shoot down the drones falling, or falling around us. <laughs> <laughs> but the difference is if there's a drone actively following you, then I, I, get, I don't know. I kind of think, well, what would they be doing with that data that you couldn't do with the other type of data, you know, with people just seeing you walking in and out of places and doing different things? Mm-hmm. Um, so well, the, the different- I, guess, I guess it would depend on what they Yeah, doing. the essential difference is that when I like, I was just walking downtown in in uh, the city I live in, uh, Spokane today, and nobody knew every place that I went. Like, like nobody followed yeah, me not the one whole person time. Who's tracking you? <laughs> and yeah. the the creepy thing about 
about Google and Facebook is that they do track you everywhere. But the thing that I think makes everybody kind of okay with it is that they track so many people they can't care about any one person. Mm. But the thing that puts my nerves on edge, I think, is just that they could if they wanted to. That that the data are there not security cameras in the mall that you walked down today, or this? I mean, average. Yeah, I mean, but be, but, but like the the mall was like yeah, the the like I was walking uh, through a mall, and the mall captured everywhere that I went in the mall, but that was it. Like it didn't it didn't get me yeah, when I was yeah. elsewhere downtown. Um, but Facebook's not getting you when you're interacting with people off of Facebook either. No, but that's the thing is that they are. Like, first of all, they own WhatsApp, <laughs> they own Instagram, and, and then secondly, sure, they're, yeah, within their ecosystem. Yes. But then secondly, yeah. they're also tracking me from website to website for anybody who yes. is running their their tracker. Now, I run Safari, which means that a lot of that stuff is scrambled. But I know that it mm-hmm. can't be all of it, and and I doubt that Apple manages to keep ahead with their uh, with their tracker scrambling. Uh, from version to version that, uh, you know, that they managed to keep ahead of, of Facebook and Google by that much. So, um, yeah, I think, I think the more that I think about it, the thing that puts me on edge is the fact that I don't get to know, and this is kind of what GDPR was all about. I don't get to know what they know about me. Like I don't get mm-hmm. to know that they think my mom has cancer or that they think mm-hmm. I'm, I don't know, a, 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 a serial rapist. You know, like, like they might think that about me. Who knows? Based on, based on you know, the fact that I watch Star Trek and uh, post on the Reformed Pub. I have no idea. Like, they, they could... They... You would get some strange ads, I <laughs> Yeah, or a knock at my door, hopefully. But, they, you know, they could, think, they could think all kinds of things about me. Some are true, some are not true. And that data just lives out there. So I don't know what it is. And I also don't know how difficult it is for somebody else to get to it. And yeah, I don't know. Like like what would what would my ideal be? Uh which is the question that I tried to ask uh which is a difficult question to answer uh that I tried to ask at the beginning of this episode. I think my ideal would be Facebook can know anything they want to know about me on their platform. And if they want to if mm-hmm. they want to piece together the fact that I talked to my mother, my cousin and uh posted about uh i don't know diabetes if they want to try to piece that together and figure out that either my mother or my cousin has diabetes i'm okay with that because i did it all on their platform but what really mm-hmm. sets me ill at ease is the fact that they're just everywhere the the, the ubiquity of their tracking uh, across the internet um and then the number of users thing isn't a consolation to you or it it is kind of is at the moment because you're still using it. it, it it's a <laughs> consolation, but it's a consolation that that all that it, like all that needs to happen for somebody to gain access to that data is somebody has to decide to care. So whether you know whether uh, the lightest form of flogging or the tech reformation grows so big that I become an internet personality and someone tries to hack Facebook to get at that data, um, or whether it's uh, like like uh, Tank was saying, just the fact that I'm a Christian or the fact that I'm a covenanter or the fact that I have blue eyes, like who knows uh, what, what could cause people to take an interest in me or, or a group uh, of which I'm a part. All, all that has to happen is somebody has to take that interest and have the, the capability to, to get at the data stored on Facebook or Google about, about their users. Um. And I, I don't know. I, I, 
it's not right now enough for me to stop using Facebook. And I'm glad that they're that they're at least putting on a show of caring about privacy. But I don't know. I think I think we would all do well to to sit down and think about where are we going to draw the line? Like what is like obviously we don't want to end up China. But what is the point at which we say, you know, I'm sorry to my friends back home, the only, you know, who, who who I can only communicate to through Facebook. This is just not safe anymore uh or or not acceptable anymore. Like where where would where would we draw that line? And uh, ideally, have that conversation with ourselves in the abstract. Where where would I draw the line and 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 let that line be back a few paces if it has to be. Um. Anyway, so maybe we can chat about that on the Slack, which, by the way, is not tracked as far as we know. <laughs> as far as we know, being the operative part of that. Yeah. <laughs> but if you would, there may there may be something we haven't discovered yet, but. For the me- in the meantime, if you would like to join us jump on. on the supposedly secure and private Slack, uh, you can do that by going to slack.techreformation.com. It's also our website to watch past episodes. We have not integrated with ad tracking with Facebook, so you're welcome to go there with no fear. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we need to have... <laughs> I don't know what we'd do with them, but I would just wanted to follow on with your Slack being private. I thought, hey, our website's private too. Yeah, should be. Well, maybe not <laughs> private. At least we have no cameras that we're sending out information to Facebook for. <laughs> Unless they pay for that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, this has been the Tech Reformation. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you again next week. But we won't know who you are because RSS is a private format. I I mean, kind of. We can, we can get at your IP address. Well, Simplecast knows where people are from. <laughs> yeah. Well, they know where people are supposedly from. Sure. Just use a VPN Unless to download our VPNing. podcast. That's what you should do.